You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and it is Saturday morning, August 15th here in the glorious year of 2020, and I hope that you've been well over this week. We have some Bears camp news that came through us, trickled on uh, day by day, and as we've promised you, we'll be here to recap everything just in case you missed it. But Nick, before we kind of dive on in, it's curious, how's your week gone? It's been a busy one over here, coaching football. We have a game now in five days, doing some scrimmages, drawing up plays on the fly, which I'll talk to you a little bit more about. But just curious, how's your week been, man? It's been pretty good, Well, Like we were just saying, there's been a lot of news that's come out of the Bears organization as of recently, so it's been nice to keep up with that, but... Yeah, other than that, I found out that DePaul has canceled class for in-person as of yesterday for the whole journalism program, so I will not be going to campus anymore. Pretty disappointed about that, but other than that, we're just trying to stay busy, and I know you've been definitely busy trying to get you know your kids ready for this upcoming football season. Yeah, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, before I talk about that, though, just curious, so for your school, is it canceled for the whole year, like the 2021 school year, is it just this semester, and... Is this your last semester coming up, or do you have another one? I'm just trying you know, to gauge yeah. how it's impacting you. So for um, DePaul's on a quarter system, so this autumn quarter is going to be strictly online. So it's nothing's canceled, but like the journalism class is supposed to take a TV class. I was supposed to be in a studio, so mm. I don't even know if that class is going to be available. So I guess I'll see an email in the next maybe coming weeks or hopefully days. But yeah, so the whole autumn quarter is going to be strictly online they thought they made precautions to make it safe enough to have some people in you know during the class period but that wasn't the case got the email yesterday it was pretty disappointing because look I'm paying to go to school and I know everything going on just got to be safe and everything but it is pretty disappointing to hear about Oh, that is very disappointing especially like you said you're losing out on studio experience which I know you have a lot from your days at CLTV with all your guest spots so you can always use that, but of course, uh, getting in the classroom and having some more actionable uh, experience would have been nice. So I do feel for you there, man, for sure. But I, I have hope that you'll still make the best of the situation that you have coming your way. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll just see what happens. There you go. Yeah, for me, uh, like I said, game coming up next week, uh, installing some plays throughout the week. We've done scrimmage. So like I coach the seventh grade team, so we're going up against the eighth graders, and they're a big eighth grade team, but... Our team, we're a little smaller, but they're scrappy. They don't give up. They always, uh, they don't really shy away from that competition as well. And for a lot of them, this is their first year playing organized football. And we just put on full pads like a week ago. So for them to be able to build that quickly, naturally gang tackling, it's, it's nice to see and it's very encouraging as we kind of embark on the season. But we're talking, Nick, and we started this podcast and we were just college kids. We didn't know what we were doing. And we're growing. We're becoming more adult 
by the day, by the week, by the month, heck, even by the year. And I'm excited to see our evolution as you kind of go towards the journalism spectrum a little bit more. And I'm kind of veering towards doing some coaching. And those different perspectives, I think, will be a lot of fun for us as we kind of take that next step. Yeah, they kind of just go go hand in hand there. So I'll have maybe a couple questions about like some coaching points that, you know, over the course of time, as you become more acquainted with the coaching and all the different intangibles with it, you'll know more about it and be able to tell our fans about it. So I'm really looking forward to that. So it's gonna be really cool to hear your insight and then just kind of have that connection going. Right. I'm meeting with like high school coaches. We're having like two and a half hour meetings and like I'm just learning about offensive line play, offensive line play like this past week and I feel like I know so much more about how that unit works and even beforehand, which is great. Uh, just those different perspectives help. But fun fact, Nick, uh, a former Chicago Bear player did go to my middle school that I'm coaching at. Which one? Rex Grossman. Really? Wow. That's a uh, small world. Crazy. Well, I know he came here to Bloomington and he played at the local high school South. And I know that like, our middle school funnels to either the North high school or the South. And then when I was at South, I took a photo. They have like a little, photo of rex playing at the state championship and i was like oh it's so cool like and like you know he played at your school too dude i'm like what and then when i was there the other coach showed me like his little team photo that's pretty cool to coach at the same place as rex grossman played now granted rex had his faults but he was the only quarterback in my lifetime to at least take this team to the super bowl or i guess ride on the back of the defense (laughs) as they went to the super bowl but he was there and he was under center so i still have a a soft spot, I guess, for Rex Grossman. Sadly. Yeah, it's and there's that connection now that you're both at the same school, so that is that is pretty unique and pretty cool. It's nice, it's like how all these things kind of just work out. But all right, I guess as you can tell, we didn't have a lot of room to kind of talk before this show because we're catching up here. Usually we do that beforehand, but uh, I know we have a lot to talk about. Matt Nagy spoke to the media this week. Alan Robinson, Anthony Miller, Bojack was on Good Morning Football as well as there are a few transactions. So I think people want to hear what we have to say about Bears-specific items. So you ready to kind of dive on in this week, Nick? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go ahead and begin with that Matt Nagy interview. It happened, uh, I believe, it was, what, Tuesday of this week, Nick? I think it was Wednesday is when they had Dang their it. scheduled interview. Look, there's been so many interviews and so many transactions, I had to go look it up and just put it in my notes, uh, what, a couple minutes before we went live. So, yeah, the Matt Nagy interview was on Wednesday. Okay. Well, Matt Nagy on Wednesday. I don't think it matters what day he spoke, but what matters is what he was talking about. And one of the very first things that I know he was discussing was whether or not they can even get quality reps not going up against a full defense. Because right now, they're just ramping up. They're just getting one-on-one situations. Guys are throwing on air, and and it's they're trying to do their best at getting some of these quality reps. They're not doing true 7-on-7, seven seven, nor 11-on-11. 11 11. And I believe, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're still just running routes on air and throwing balls, right? They're not doing one corner versus one like receiver yet, right? No, not yet. I mean, when Nagy spoke on Wednesday, he said that was the first day the quarterbacks were actually able to throw to their teammates, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. And look, that's on August 12th when that's happening. That's the first time they're actually able to do it. Not what Mitch has done in the offseason, but yeah, they're, they still haven't gone up against defensive guys yet, those one-on-ones or anything like that. So it, it's it's crazy because we were just talking about this too, Will. Like there's, we're what? September 13th. That's the first game against the Detroit Lions, and we're just now getting this. That's what every team's doing, though, but it's crazy to think about. It, no, it really is. I mean, 
I don't want to keep pulling parallels for my coaching here, but it's very much it's similar because we're just now getting in full pads. I mean, they're behind. I mean, at least for the Bears, they're professionals. They're the best of the best. Like they should be able to handle this more than even the kids that I'm coaching right now. That you have to, you have a huge learning gap. And like I'm, I don't even know if we're gonna be able to huddle correctly. And like so, like these small things, they could have an impact in the NFL too. Like not being able to go through all the motions right now. They could. Be, I still see a huge opportunity for rust to be apparent for the first few weeks of this NFL season, just due to the fact they're just throwing on air. They're not even having one on ones yet. And the fact that you have to go from this spot where you're barely doing anything to a full game in a matter of four weeks, three and a half weeks, that's tough. And that's going to be a huge ramp up for everyone in the NFL. The Bears aren't the only ones in this situation, but do you believe the Bears are getting anything good out of their reps now? They keep saying they can and they're flying quality reps and doing what they can to make them quality reps, but do you think they're actually getting anything actionable feedback out of this you know i think for maybe like a newcomer like nick Foles, even running on air with some of those receivers just kind of getting the timing down does help out a little bit so there are certain aspects that you can take from just these on-air practices that i think will help you down the road but look they just got in their helmets they're not even in full pads yet that's where i think you're going to get the most out of these practice sessions and be able to really see where these guys are at because it's Everyone can look good on air. You should be able to complete every single pass on air. Now put up a top five defense now, you know, against you. See if you can make those completions now. But I think there are certain aspects from these on air practices, even for the rookies, just kind of learning their depths of their routes, where they need to actually go in a specific play. Those are things you can take and, you know, that's valuable to them. But it really needs to happen when they're in full pads and going up against that, that Bears defense. Absolutely. Now, I know Nagy talked about both quarterbacks. He's talked about Allen Robinson, Eddie Jackson, getting ready for the four weeks. What stood out to you from that Wednesday uh, interview that Matt Nagy had on Zoom? You know, I think, I mean, I don't know if it really stood out, but when it, I was asked about the quarterbacks, they said they both looked good in terms of timing, thought their feet looked good, and he just said that the quarterback room in general has been great and he you know he patted himself really on the back there saying that it would be you know these guys would be able to help each other out and would you know just work for for the Chicago Bears so that was one aspect and I thought it was kind of funny I think a lot of people took Matt Nagy's quote about Eddie Jackson I guess in a in a serious tone because how he said it um, about Eddie Jackson kind of asking about being on offense. And Eddie Jackson said, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He said that twice now. But what Matt Nagy was saying is like, oh, well, I'm surprised he just didn't tell you guys he's just going to play on offense all the time. He's going to play. And then he's like, he's going to play zebra receiver. And then at, at the end of his statement, Matt Nagy said, so take that. So it's like he's putting that out there. But, we, again, maybe it is serious. Maybe it's not. But now it's out there. Other teams at least kind of think about that where – Eddie Jackson could be on the field, but I don't know if people with fans are thinking like, oh, great. They're not even going to use the receivers. They're going to use safeties to throw. Mitch can't even <laughs> throw to receivers. How's he going to throw to safeties? Let's calm it down a little bit because if you watch that specific segment from Matt Nagy, it's obviously a little bit playful, not as serious. But again, like I said, the information's out there and people are taking it like, well, maybe Matt Nagy will use Eddie Jackson. He's used him twice on offense in his three years here since 2017. So, Maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen at some point, but definite sarcasm. I think, I mean, I throw my sarcasm out even on a show. So I, I get when it when it comes out. I have a pretty good sense of that. But, yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see him out there playing that Z, uh, getting out there playing some Zebra. It'll be a lot of fun, but it's going to be rare. And if they put him out there too much, I think I will have a little bit of a complaint about it, unless it just is fire. And every time he's out there, he's just, you know, he's catching verts. He's going, he's hitting slants, taking them to the house. I don't care. But it, as long as it's working, it's a lot of fun for me. Did you take anything into consideration when he was talking about Foles? It felt like he had more to say about Foles than Mitch. I thought it was just probably due to the fact that Foles is new. So it's able. It's easier to be like, oh, hey, he's coming in. He's looking good. His timing's all right, uh, which is the big one, uh, especially without having off-season workouts. And with Mitch, it's like, I can give you a better answer later, just when he starts to get a little bit more competitive, when we do do some 7-on-7, some 11-on-11. Seven seven, did you take anything into that other than maybe Foles is the new kid or the new guy, so that's why he had a little bit more to say than Mitch, or is there something more behind there that you think could be brewing? Yeah, no, I think it was interesting how he kind of answered those questions, and I think at the back end of like some of those answers that Matt Nagy was saying, like he talked about Nick Foles, but then he would also say, but all, you know, both quarterbacks look good. They both had good timing or something like that. So then he would add Mitch at the end there. But he did say, like credit to what you just said, Will, like the evaluation process – for these quarterbacks really isn't going to start until their defense is on the other side of them. So I think what it is right now, they're just seeing if they can, you know, even make these right reads, make the, you know, have the correct footwork and have the timing down. And you should at this point in your career, both these guys careers be able to do that on air, but really we'll see more when it happens. I think later it would be next week now where they're actually playing against the defense, but it, like like you said, it was at the back end where Mitch was kind of implemented into, like, Matt Nagy's answer. Right, and he did say, like, hey, I told you all it's going to be a healthy competition and both quarterbacks are proving me right. But then again, he's saying, and he's really emphasizing, this is the first time they're throwing routes. So there's one thing to have timing when there's no one covering you. I mean, I'm seeing this. I'm going to throw parallels now. This is going to be my new thing. But, like, with the kids, like, we're throwing slants. All right, we got it. I throw an eighth grader in front of him that's playing a little bit of press man, and the whole thing just goes to sh- to sh- <laughs> that goes to crap. So it really is it's a whole different animal. So it's one of those where it's like I'm glad that the competition apparently is a healthy one, that is a tough one, but I have no I'm not taking really any stock into a competition yet until they start throwing defenders their way. Uh, I know Nagy said like, hey, you know they both played against NFL defenses before, so it's not like they can't. And I was like, well, we've seen Mitch struggle uh, in times against. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I would have to take that into consideration here too, but I don't think this competition has started despite the Bears saying it has for the last two weeks, three weeks. There's just no way it's actually kicked off yet. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree with you there because like we just said, they should be able to do the things that they're being asked to do at this point in time in training camp. But just like your, you know, seventh graders going up against eighth graders, 
put a little opposition against them, and let's see how that kind of reflects what these quarterbacks can actually do. So, yeah, once the pads come on, the defense is on the field against them. They're doing those one-on-one competitive periods. That's where we're going to see this competition really heat up, take place. And I hope, like, the reporters are taking note who won day one, day two, day three, who missed the throw. I want I want all the training camp updates. Like, I, re- I remember, like, people would say, maybe sometimes annoying, oh, Mitch Trubisky missed the throw. Well, I want it all, Will. Wow, that's uh, some big stuff by you. You want it all, and you want it now. <laughs> yeah, What what is that for? It's a song, like, I want it all. Okay. And I want it now. And then it's like, dun, dun. Some older rock song that I'm sure it'll click on me because I do like my classic rock, and it's going to really grind my gears until I figure that one out. But anything else from Matt Nagy? Uh, again, he talked about a lot, but he talked about nothing, and I thought we did a good job of extracting some important things that came out, or at least the most important things that came out. But is there anything else that maybe we failed to mention so far that you want to make sure listeners caught on just in case they missed it? Yeah, no, I think those are the big takeaways when Matt Nagy spoke. Um, and just one, I guess the one last thing with the, this COVID nineteen, like everything's adjusting in terms of like their scheduling and things like that. So like these interviews are supposed to take place an hour later, but they were able to do that because again there's a schedule change. So uh, I think if you're looking to like watch these live, if they do broadcast them live, sometimes the Bears don't. Just be flexible because that's what the Bears are doing right now in terms of their schedule, trying to get more of these one-on-one opportunities when they do um, have those later next week. But, yeah, just being flexible and adjusting on the fly, really. And that's honestly the mantra of 2020. Just like with you in school, you just have to adjust by anything that kind of gets thrown your way. Uh, that's for everyone, not just the Bears, but it's a good it's good that they're doing it and they're not just being rigid. I didn't think they would be. But So, again, another nothing yet Maybe something. <laughs> All right, Nick, do you want to move on? Uh, looking at our notes, Alan Robinson, he's next on him. Do you think this is a good time to segue into AR-12 and everything that he was mentioning? I know that when he was speaking, and every time he speaks, I get the same feeling, though, but he is just so like calm, cool, and collected. Like He is he's the man, Like and I can't wait. He's going to be here for a while, knock on wood. Like He's going to get that extension. He's going to be here, and I know he said he's not focused on that, which to me is Okay, maybe not now because you're practicing, but all off season, I saw your money bag tweets, and I know you're ready for that <laughs> extension as much as we are for you. But he has to say the right things. But I know he talked about both quarterbacks. He was pretty high on Foles. I think he also was pretty uh, decently kind to Mitch as well. But how about you kind of kick things off here for Allen Robinson, Nick? What stood out to you with his time on Zoom this week? Yeah, so I think one of the things where I thought I found it kind of surprising because of how good Allen Robinson is at creating separation is that he wants to still continue to work on that. He was asked, like, what part of your game have you really focused on? And he wants to just get better on top of the route. That's one aspect of his route running that he wants to get better at. So, and that really helps with certain intermediate routes, but he just wants to work on being able to create more separation so he can get more of those yards after catch. But all the stats will show in one-on-one situation, 50-50 balls or anything like that, Allen Robinson has been an elite top five receiver in terms of just being able to win those one-on-one situations. So it's great to hear that a guy that is now in his seventh year in the league is still wanting to improve in an aspect of a game where he's already great. He wants to become maybe arguably the best at that area of his game. And just hearing that, 
Um, I think that it again shows those other wide receivers, and we'll talk about some of the other guys later. Like what you need to do to be a professional, and that's exactly the the mindset that Allen Robinson has. How he answers questions very professional. He has, like you said, that cool demeanor and doesn't look when he was asked about the extension. He kind of smiled initially. And he's like, you know what? I'm focused on camp. There's we have this condensed training camp. I'm focused on that, and we'll let my agent take care of it. But he, that's just how he operates. And Nagy was saying, like, he comes in. He's the same person day in and day out. You're not going to get anything different from Allen Robinson. And that's why he's able to produce, you know, the stats that he does, regardless of the quarterback that he has. Right, yeah. No, he's continuing to work and refine and retool his game. I mean, he did have a career low last year in yards per catch. Granted, I don't think that's all on him, but the fact that he is working on those things that you mentioned, it's getting better at the top of the route, working on different types of routes, getting in and out of those breaks, that's great. And he's he's not just staying at the status quo. He wants to get better. And for someone that's already one of the better receivers in the NFL, the fact that he can get out there, focus, and still try to work toward being better, I love that mindset. And again, having bigger plays in his offense is something we need one of the least explosive offenses a year ago. And the fact that he wants to make sure he doesn't have last year define him, he can get that yards per catch higher, and he's working on it, it's a great sign. And I know Allen Robinson's going to continue to work hard on it. But when he's looking at the quarterback competition, Nick, I mean, he's talking about Nick Foles. Uh, Like I said, he mentioned Mitchell Trubisky. He says it's not awkward, which is good. Uh, They're not making it uh, anything that needs to be or causing any friction in this locker room. Quarterbacks, they're not taking this thing uh, again, the words awkwardly as well. Uh, they're, they have a good dynamic, Mitch and Nick. Uh, not you, Mr. Foles. <laughs> I know you got excited there for a second, but maybe one day. But, yeah, it's just interesting because, again, I don't think this competition has even started, maybe mentally, um, but on there in the field, not so much just now. But when it comes to Nick Foles, I thought he, and we'll talk about Anthony Miller later, but they're pretty – high on him, just saying like they just like the professionalism that he approaches each and every practice. He's taking every opportunity, every one of his reps, and even when he's on the sideline, you can tell he's taking those mental reps as well. He's just a true professional, and that's kind of their initial impression of who Nick Foles is over the last couple of years. Is there anything you wanted to add on that? Yeah, so I think he was asked about, like, again, that awkwardness, if there is any, if, you know, because now Mitch has been Allen Robinson's Robinson's quarterback for the past two seasons, he's like, you know what, look, he just wants what's best for the team. So even though they have been teammates, Allen Robinson, you know, has had some pretty crappy quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure he just wants what's best for the team. That's what he said. He doesn't want what's best for him. He wants best for, for the team. And if that's Nick Foles, like, I'm pretty sure Allen Robinson's going to be all for it, but he said he was a good teammate, good player, just understands his offense. And then, again, it is it does, I think, reassure us in that what Matt Nagy's been saying, what everyone's been saying is that this is a healthy quarterback competition. If, there, if it wasn't, and if that was a storyline in itself, like these two guys are obviously, you know, handling it the other way, that's just not something that you don't need in a condensed training camp going into a season where they the Bears need to win and be a lot better than they were last season. But it's nice to hear from a wide receiver standpoint that they are handling this the right way and that regardless of who's the quarterback, Allen Robinson's going to be you know just fine with whoever it is under center. Yeah, and with Mitch specifically talking about him looking more confident, things are slowing down. I think Allen Robinson's going to be a coach because he's really good at some of this coach speak when it comes to his teammates. But, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see how it all plays out here as the competition hopefully starts um, in the next week or so. 
Um, but on his uh, counterpart, Anthony Miller, um, I know he was talking about just like Mitch, things are starting to kind of come together for Miller. Things are slowing down. He's able to see different coverages, and I think he said he can predict them now just based off of the looks that defense are, are giving him, which is great. And I think that's why we saw that big jump in the second half of last year. Were you excited about Robinson kind of taking some pride in Anthony Miller? Because obviously they're teammates for a while, but it seems like he has all the confidence in Anthony Miller to be that number two receiver in this offense. Yeah, and I think because really I think Allen Robinson would, if he has a productive receiver in Anthony Miller in this offense as well, that's just going to help his game out because he's not going to see as many safeties cover, you know, over the top on him. So I think that he is a counterpart that he needs to look at and is confident in and has seen the growth um, in Anthony Miller because that was a question mark actually going into the 2019 season, which was something that I think we missed last week, but it was said from Mike Fury. He was kind of a little bit critical of Anthony Miller, saying that he just didn't have – he had like this college mindset, but he was able to mature throughout the season. And Anthony – or Allen Robinson is seeing that as well, seeing the maturity, and that's why he had that five-game stretch where he produced over 60% of his stats for that season. So he's seeing it on the field, being able to diagnose what the defense is throwing at him. And if he has a best version of Anthony Miller with hopefully whatever quarterback it is and Allen Robinson, that that's a dynamic duo, I think, in terms of wide receivers and what they can potentially do for this offense. Absolutely. And we'll talk more about Miller. And you were talking actually just texting over the week about his maturity and him being a father and how I believe that's going to help him as well. And uh, he did mention, Robinson did, one more receiver, and that's Darnell Mooney. Uh, our fifth round pick out to Lane just saying that he is very mature on and off the field, which not to take that as a, a jab at Anthony Miller, just mentioning that Mooney, they're two different people, but he is a very mature individual. Uh, they've been working out together uh, specifically in Florida and that he believes that Mooney can be a contributor in this offense an asset to this football team. And we've heard that from everyone that we've talked to who's been around Darnell Mooney in his time in college. I don't know if there's anything more to add there, Nick, but I just wanted to make sure that fans knew that Allen Robinson is a little high on Darnell Mooney. And even a week ago, I was like, hey, maybe they'll stash him on that extended practice squad. Hearing things like that, uh, maybe not, because if Allen Robinson likes the kid and thinks he can help out an offense, I would kind of trust him to have that assessment. Yeah, so I think Allen Robinson being a great wide receiver would know when he sees a, you know, a potentially good one. And just him working out with Darnell Mooney in Florida over this offseason, you want to see that. You're seeing that a veteran is taking – his time to go work out with one of the rookies who's going to be a contributor for his team down the road. So, yeah, the, you, all great things that you want to hear, especially right now. And we know the speed that Darnell Mooney has can be another asset, like Allen Robinson was saying, to this offense. All right. Well, up next, we're going to talk about Anthony Miller, another Bears receiver. Uh, then afterwards, we have to talk about two quarterbacks that are coming in on a tryout. Uh, there's a safety that was signed, a kicker that was released, Eddie Jackson hopping on Good Morning Football. So we have a lot to get to. But, Nick, before we do, and you swallow that water you just put in your body, uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, give out our weekly? It's not weekly, but hopefully it's more than weekly once we get closer to the season and our Shows ramp up to a normalcy level as well. But you want to give this week's shout-outs? Yeah, absolutely. We had a bunch come in, and again, so thankful that you guys are still donating. So the first shout-out goes to the Clemens family. And for to Matt, Crystal, Morgan, and newborn Christopher, 
Guys, thank you so much for your generous donation. Seeing that come in, just the message that you you sent with your your Venmo donation, that was awesome to see. And yeah. I know in your message there, um, you you talked about Brandon hopefully coming on the show a little bit more, maybe throughout the season, sprinkling in him in here throughout the season. I mean, uh, Will, I know we want to do that. It would be awesome to see if scheduling works out, but we'll definitely reach out and see if we can make that happen. But yeah, again, to the Clemens family. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much again for your generous donation. Yeah, absolutely. Like with Nick, we keep this show clean. We like, I mean, I have a son, I have a wife. I mean, I'm a family guy. You're still, I mean, you have a girlfriend for a while now, but we don't talk about your personal life too much on the show, but you'll get there eventually and I'll be able to show you the ropes. But no, for real, like for us, like having a family listen to us, like I've heard that a couple of times, uh, but it's a little bit more rare. But it's really nice when you hear that because that is and was one of the original intents of the show to be a place for all Bears fans. Like for someone who has like a dad, like, hey, me and my dad love the Bears and we love your show on top of it. Or me and my whole family. That That's special. And I love being a part of your lives because I know it's a shared experience. And really, you take time to listen to us and listen to our show and find us entertaining. So like the fact that we can make, you know, someone from a father all the way down to, you know, daughters and sons and heck i mean apparently this newborn christopher is a big fan of the show too we need to get a onesie for the chicago audible fan right here christopher because that's really tremendous so thank you so much to the entire clemens family super generous donation uh and then the kind words really it really made my early part of this week when nick passed those over to me so thank you so much yeah it was awesome and our next shout out goes to john stegmeyer from boise idaho john thank you so much for your donation uh, Idaho, I've got to check the map again, Will. I think that was one of the states that we were missing a listener from because we have 48 of 50 states. I have to go back and check to make sure, but uh, we definitely got to do that again to see if we get all 50 states at this point to see if we have listeners everywhere. That's better than I, what I thought you were going to say because when you said Idaho and I have to go check the map, I thought you were going to say where it's located. Like I know it's somewhere in the United <laughs> States, but I know it's West Coast, but uh, it's up there. There's a lot of potatoes, by the way, but Idaho, Boise, John, thank you so much, man. And especially and if he's next- the first from Idaho. I mean, I, I'm getting yeah, jazzed thinking we I, may have another state down. I have to check it out, but uh, after this podcast, I'll check it out. All um, right. Next shout-out goes to Kevin Kellish from Austin, Texas, longtime listener. Um, again, Kevin, thank you so much for your donation. I know, we have, I know we have a bunch of... How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Uh, Fans in Texas, but Kevin, thank you again so much for your donation. And then our last uh, shout-out for this week goes to Jerry Mayberry. Um, Jerry, again, thank you so much for your donation. And everybody else that's donated in any way, even if that's a, being a subscriber or following the account, giving a donation, I got it, it means a lot to us. And like Will just said earlier, seeing that um, donation earlier from all you guys really just makes our week, knowing that we are doing you know, a good service, that you guys are liking the content. It means a lot to us. And like like Will said, we hope we can you know continue to do this throughout the actual regular season, which would be you know awesome to do. 
And of course, if you want to get a shout out in the next podcast, here's how you can make that happen. Either through Venmo or PayPal, if you send us, you know, any type of donation, we'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. When you send us that donation, please be sure to put down where you're from so we can address you accordingly in that in that shout out. And here's how you can make that happen. On Venmo, you look up the username, the Chicago Audible. Should see my name, Nicholas Moriano, and the Chicago Audible logo. And or you could do it through PayPal and making a donation to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone again uh, for the donations this week. It really does help. Uh, like I said a week ago, uh, we've upgraded some of Nick's equipment. I think you can tell that his quality has gone up. Uh, knock on wood before we finish this live stream, Nick. But overall, things are getting better, and we appreciate it because it does help. Otherwise, it would be out of pocket, and it already takes a lot of time. Uh, so to have a little bit of assistance with some of the needs of hosting the show, uh, the costs for all the software to live stream, uh, all of it does add up, and it just it's super helpful uh, when we can see and get some support from our listeners like you. So thank you all so much. Now, Nick, I know I said I wanted to talk about Anthony Miller next, but I'm actually going to call an audible here, and I want to go ahead and talk about uh, the news, I guess, I'll call it, of Cordero Patterson in the running back room, because I say this is news, but if we go back five weeks, I know two guys that talked about this for about 10 or 15 minutes. They do a Bears podcast. They can't use the word Bears in the podcast name, by the way. Uh, the NFL said, no, no, you can't do that anymore. Um, but seriously, though, Nick, you and I were talking about this five weeks ago, and now it's news. So kudos to us. Pat ourselves on the back. We don't do that all too often. But I think in this regard, we were a little bit ahead of the curve here, right? Yeah, and I think with Cordell Patterson, like when this came out, and like everyone's like, "Oh, wow, this is new. This is new information." Like, is it like Cordell Patterson was a guy that was so on the fence of where he's like, "Is he going to get reps with the wide receivers, running backs?" But I think where he can be the most productive in this offense would probably be at the running back position, not getting look a majority of these reps. That's David Montgomery's job. He is the running back, but you can get if you give Cordell Patterson the ball with that speed, that height, that weight, that that body. I think he could do a lot of good things for his offense. You just got to give him more opportunities. But, yeah, like you, Will, when I heard people like, oh, you know, surprised about this, it's like it's not that much of a surprise, really. I mean, look, Cordell Patterson's a, a do-it-all player, and now he's just going to be doing a little bit more on the, the running back side. And last year in training camp, he split his reps pretty evenly between running backs and wide receivers. So the fact he's spending time in the running back Zoom meetings, like, okay. But it's new. I mean, people are buzzing about it, so I want to make sure we mention it, but also point to the fact that we saw this a year ago. It's not that much news. And secondly, we talked about his role growing more as a running back. We put him in our running back preview show. So it's not really terribly breaking news on my end, your end as well, but do you still agree with yourself five weeks ago when you're talking about using Cordero Patterson as a running back? You would like to see him being used with a in like 21 personnel where they have a fullback in the backfield because that lead blocker in New England really worked out well. And I know you will agree with yourself because you really want a spot for J.P. Holtz, and that just makes a lot of sense for you too. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to, I think, just free him up a little bit because if you can get one extra blocker for Cordero Patterson to then get to the edge or just make one person miss as opposed to, you know, multiple guys – I think that just plays 
into what the Bears offense needs to do and what we said earlier, create more explosive plays. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I'll pat myself on the back, I think, a little bit, you know, with the J.P. Holtz and hopefully, you know, Cordell Patterson, I guess, dynamic just working potentially, if, of course, if J.P. Holtz does make the roster, which I think he will. But I think that would be good for the Bears offense because, look, they need all the help they can get. And if Cordell Patterson can actually be, you know, a – it's just something that teams have to worry about because they didn't have to worry about him last year because he wasn't used. That's going to help out this Bears offense. We're going to see some, hopefully, some strides in the right direction. Absolutely. You don't want to go full Toy Story and make him like wheezy up on the shelf. Like you want to take him down. You want to <laughs> use him a little bit. Don't let him get dust. Like use Cordero Patterson. He's one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's a playmaker, he's dynamic. We got to find ways to do it. We said a month ago, use him in the backfield, give him more touches, don't be as predictable. Nick, you also mentioned don't let him be the Wildcat quarterback. Just don't do it. Forget about it. But Cordell Patterson, running back, if you've listened to us already, which most of you probably have, you kind of saw this one coming. And if you're listening to us for maybe the first time or you're a little newer, uh, if you want to listen to some more thoughts on the running backs in general or Cordell Patterson as a running back, go back to Countdown to Camp, the running back special. It's all there for you. But all right, let's go back up to our list, Nick. Anthony Miller in his interview, he seems like he is really taking this maturity thing very seriously, which is great. Uh, again, like you said, Fury, he didn't really mince words. He was just saying, like, it wasn't to the level where we needed him to be this time last year, but then it clicked. And I do think him knowing he was going to become a father, you got to take things a little bit more seriously when that's happening and just kind of growing a little bit older, being around an Allen Robinson. You better believe Mike Fury a year ago is like, hey, man, you got to change the attitude. We got to approach this a little bit differently. And I'm glad he's been receptive to all this feedback, all of this coaching. And now he's looking to have a smooth year. He's looking to be, and I quote him, perfect on the field. He's looking to really elevate his game, hone in on all the fine details, and take it all to the next level, which is everything we need to hear. But more importantly, once we actually get towards more football, we need to see it. So, Nick, Miller, he's saying all the right things. We can talk about more of these right things he said, but anything else you wanted to mention on Anthony Miller? That was a terrible transition, but over to you. No, I think with with Anthony Miller, I've never doubted the physical, anything physically with him, maybe maybe his shoulders, but like the, the game, True. the actual play, he can, he can ball. We all know that, but there are just times, even like, when we were watching in training camp last year, and I think he was still a little bit limited, you'd see some of those hiccups where he would be yelled at because there was a false starter. There were these mental mistakes. And you saw that even sometimes throughout last season where Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are the same exact spot. I'm willing to bet that Allen Robinson's in the right spot, and Anthony Miller probably isn't. Just <laughs> if based off of history, based off of who Allen Robinson is, and how the attention to detail, I think that's something I forgot to mention. That's big for Allen Robinson. And now that Anthony Miller's starting to see that, starting to learn that from Robinson, just starting to see what his coach is looking for him. He wants to have a bigger impact in this offense. You need to get the details right. You need to know what defenses are doing. You just can't go out there. Like he said, his rookie season, he was just going out there and playing just kind of playing ball, right? So there's a lot more to it, and that's exactly what we want to see from Anthony Miller. And I think having a, a child does kind of help mature you, and you have to. Now you have somebody, like he said, somebody's looking up to you as a role model in a sense, and he's been taking that, like you said, Will, very seriously. People aren't coming over. They're kind of just Anthony Miller goes from here to home, and that's kind of it, not seeing a lot of people. So 
all this, I think, can help an Anthony Miller for a season where we want to see big things from him and hopefully where he can just stay healthy. But, look, if he's learning from Allen Robinson, he just has the more maturity, knows the game a little bit more inside inside the lines. I think Allen Robinson was saying when talking about Anthony Miller, that's all the things you want to hear, and I think that's going to play dividends to him having hopefully a big you know year three. Yeah, I I think when it comes to Miller, I don't think this is just talk. And we've talked about it since we drafted him. He was a smack talker. He does have that edge. And I hope he doesn't lose that. I hope he keeps that mentality on the field. But just being a little bit more mature off the field. But having that same swag. So he has to find that balance <clears throat> because that's what makes him special too. And he doesn't need to lose that. I know he was talking about last year he didn't have to really speak up to get the <clears throat> ball more. He just had to keep working hard. And that's mm-hmm. great. But when he's out there, I don't I don't expect him to really change his persona as the receiver. Now, Anthony Miller, the person, I think we're – this is what I love about football too because you draft these young men and you watch them grow up. I mean, you've seen it with almost any player that's been around the same team for five, six years. You see such an evolution, and it's amazing. And that's another reason why I love uh, the game of football and I love following the Chicago Bears. You see that time in and time out, and this is nice to see out of Anthony Miller – as well and I'm excited to see what he can do uh, with a little bit higher sense of maturity as well as balancing that extra swag that he likes to bring with each and every catch carry touch that he gets on that football as well Um, I know that he's talked about his quarterbacks as well going through the competition I mean it's going to be asked each and every time and what he wants out of a quarterback Nick he just wants a leader he wants someone to go out there take control take charge he doesn't want anyone just to you know, lay low. He needs someone. He wants someone to be that guy that they're all looking up to, to be the quarterback, the leader of this offense. But I know he's mentioned both Trubisky and Foles are working hard on it, and he doesn't really expect one to have an edge over the other in this regard right now. Is there anything else about quarterbacks that he mentioned that you wanted to make sure that our listeners know about? Yeah, so I think someone asked him, of like, what is your role in this quarterback competition? And Anthony Miller's like, my role is just to catch footballs, run routes, and that's all we really can do. And it just seemed like in both Allen Robinson's response and Anthony Miller's response to the quarterback competition, it's like, look, I don't know if they're really – yes, they've, they played with Mitch, right? They played with Mitch both two seasons now, but is I don't know if the tie is as strong now. Like, it needs to be Mitch, my quarterback – these guys, I think, just want the ball in their hands. Like Anthony Miller, he just said he wants more opportunities. If Nick Foles is going to give him more opportunities throughout the season, he's all for it. If Anth- if the Bears are winning more football games, Allen Robinson's all for it. So there's not – maybe there's a little bit of favoritism, right, because they've known Mitch longer. But it seems like just in how they've responded to questions, it's like, hey, whoever does a better job, whoever gives us the best chance to win, we're going to go with that quarterback. It reminds me a lot of movies where you have like a best friend duo and then someone else moves in and they're kind of in the same friend group, but then like it starts to veer one way and hopefully one doesn't get isolated. But it feels like that's the new situation. Nick Foles is like the new kid in class. He, everyone's like, oh, right now they're like being nice, but like eventually he's going to make friends and that could have a riff, perhaps. I don't think so. Uh, perhaps in this locker room and how you know Nagy really likes to check those egos at the door, uh, as well as the Bears checking the temperatures at the door, by the way. So there's a couple things that are being checked at the door. But no, it's right now it's still like that initial grace warm-up kind of period where, I mean, they're, they're being kind to everyone. And I expect with the media they will be, but I think internally 
everyone needs to get to a point sooner rather than later where they can just speak up. They can just say, you know what? I feel more comfortable with Nick throwing the balls right now than Mitch. I think Nick has better timing. I think that he's putting the ball in a better spot for me to catch it. They need to have that accountability to say something like that if they truly feel it sooner rather than later. And again, that'll probably be more internal than with the media and to everyone else. But I hope they're not just going to play nice because playing nice isn't really going to help the Chicago Bears win football games right now. And I do think input from running backs, receivers, offensive line, coaches, everyone needs to have some sort of input here. And of course, Matt Nagy's input, Mike Fury's input, Bill Lazor's, I think those have the biggest weight. But you got to listen to Allen Robinson. you got to listen to Anthony Miller. If they're telling you something, you have to take that into consideration too. And don't know if they're at that point yet, just due to the fact, like we said, barely throwing routes. But when we start getting this thing a little bit more closer to what football's supposed to be, I hope they have some opinions because opinions are better than no opinions as long as they can verbalize it correctly. You know what I mean, Nick? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's an interesting, I think, look at just outlook and how the Bears are going to, you know, choose this quarterback because we know there's a lot of people, you know, in in the discussions of who's going to be the starting quarterback. But nothing's been said well about, like, players providing that input of who they want. Like, why wouldn't you ask your wide receiver who you want as your quarterback? Like, an honest opinion. Like, that should be one of the guys that I would – like, you should ask Allen Robinson. Like, who do you want? Who do you want to be your starter? Who do you think gives us the best chance to win? Good. If you don't ask that question to your star receiver, your offensive weapon – I feel like you're just missing out on one of the one of the opinions that you should actually look into because you know you're going to get all the coaches' input. You're going to even get Ryan Pace in here, but if you miss Allen, if you don't get Allen Robinson's input, that just seems. I think that seems foolish to me. He's the one catching the footballs. He's the one who's going to get this on-field chemistry, who sees it firsthand. But if you're not getting that from him, which I haven't heard about. Like, no one's saying that. I don't know if that question's been asked yet. It hasn't. I was going to say, maybe yeah. that's why they won't let us go in these Zoom meetings and ask some questions, because we wouldn't. Those are the tough questions that I wish would be asked, because how much player input are you going to put on this quarterback decision? Are you going to at least inquire? Are you at least going to, you know, take a temperature check of the room real quick to see who these receivers like? Because I believe, like you, Nick, That should have maybe not the final decision, but that should have a solid amount of weight towards it. Because if three of the receivers are like, hey, I really like Nick Foles because the ball placement's better. Like, he gives me better opportunities to win these routes. You should hear that, and you should take that. Because if you don't, like you said, such a missed opportunity, and you're just putting, like, I would be, you know, rubbed the wrong way if I was Allen Robinson, and I was like, you know, or if like I wasn't asked, even yeah, if I, a if I wasn't asked, I'd be a little po'd. B if I was asked, and okay, if they ask me and they go with the other decision, if I'm Allen Robinson, I'm mature enough to handle it. But as long as you had your ability to put your two cents in, I think it'll go a long way. And again, if the Bears didn't listen to it, and the majority of the receivers like Mitch over Nick, or vice versa, it just feels like you're not doing what's best for the team. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, Will. All right, anything else? Wide receivers, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson. Again, that's like we didn't get a lot of media availability last week. Last week we had like 10 interviews to discuss, and we had like three. Yeah, no, but I think we got the big takeaways from these three interviews. Like what we were saying, a lot was said, but then there wasn't a lot being said, right? So it's kind of just like this coach speak that you kind of have to decipher and get 
you know, dig deeper in. But I think those are the big takeaways from Matt Nagy's, Allen Robinson, and Anthony Miller's uh, press conferences. Great. Now, I know you got some good inside scoop on a quarterback that the Bears are flying in and trying out, someone that people are really excited about. Uh, before we talk about him, though, I just wanted to mention, Nick, uh, yesterday uh, I went to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, by the way. I know you and I love this store. Uh, we both say we spend way too much money at Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, went there, I got myself some new shorts, a shirt, everything to kind of match the new football team because I'm tired of not really looking like you know a bachelor bulldog. Like I want to feel like I'm a part of this team as well and got some of that stuff. I got a new backpack that's the team colors and I love that store. I know you do as well. It's where I go to get all my son's gear for his sports. Uh, it's where I get my workout gear. Uh, getting stuff there for the football team. Got myself like an agility ladder, some new cones. And what I love about Dick Sporting Goods is they always have amazing deals, friendly faces. They're always there to help. And I know you use it a lot too. So we decided this week, uh, if you are someone that you coach sports or you just need new apparel and you do shop at Dick Sporting Goods and you want to help us out along the way, if you're going to do it anyway, I'm not asking you to just go there to buy something because you want, because I'm asking you to, but if you're going to do it anyway and you're thinking about maybe buying new shoes or anything of that nature, new fishing pole, I mean, they have everything perhaps you would want there. Just go to chicagoaudible.com slash DSG for Dick Sporting Goods, DSG. And if you go there, it'll take you right to their weekly deals. I'll keep this link alive forever. And if you go there and you purchase anything, I think we get a small like 4 or 5% kickback. Not a lot, but it's a way where if you don't want to donate directly and you're going to have to buy something anyway, like me, my backpack broke. I had to go buy a new one. So if you're in that kind of situation and want to help out Nick and myself, just go to chicagoaudible.com slash DSG. And then we'll get a little bit of proceeds from that as well. So just trying to find more creative ways for you to help support the show and if you do something like this and you just want to send nick and i a tweet or an email hey i used that link i uh, just wanted to let you know you can get a shout out in the show too you're not immune to the shout outs just because you're helping in a different way so dick sporting goods uh, we're going to be trying to promote them a little bit because nick and i like we said we already spent too much money there as it is right man oh yeah all my workout you know attire is from dick sporting goods and like I said, I, I sometimes I'll message you like, I almost bought something. I almost did it again. So I'm constantly shopping at Dick's Sporting Goods. It's a great store. Like you said, they have everything there. If you want basketball attire, football attire, whatever it is, they have it. And that's why I'm always there shopping. Yeah, I mean, I bought AJ a basketball hoop for his birthday, and it came dented. And I just went back, and you weren't really even supposed to take it back to the store. And they're like, that's not right. We'll make it right for you. And they gave me a brand new one, able to build that. So, I mean, everywhere I go, I mean, it's a great it's a great store. And again, friendly faces, they care about the customer, it's customer over service, and they do a great, great job of that. But let's get back to football. Uh, let's talk about uh, a fine job that you did this week. Uh, you're, you put a message my way like, hey, I think I just broke something. So you want to talk about it? I'm not going to steal your thunder at all. Yeah, so um, just kind of looking through Twitter, I saw that, well, maybe the Bears are possibly bringing in this quarterback, Mason Fine from North Texas. That's where he plays college ball at. So I went out, reached out to the high school coach that he was working with because he settled to be a quarterback's coach for, for this upcoming season. So I called him, like, hey, coach, is, uh, is Mason Fine flying out to have a trial with the Bears? He's like, yeah, he's flying out Sunday. He'll have his COVID test, and he'll be there. Uh, trying out for the Bears on Wednesday. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then he's like, do you want his number? So I'm like, yeah, I'll take Mason Fine's number. So, yeah, I kind of broke that news, or I confirmed it really, that the Bears are bringing in Mason Fine for a trial. And this is a guy that was 
very productive in college, Will. He was the all-time North Texas leader in passing yards with 12,505 yards, and he has the most passing touchdowns with 93, two-time Conference USA Player of the Year in 2017, 2018. It's a guy that, look, he, he didn't get drafted, obviously. He's only maybe an inch taller than me, Will. Maybe five foot ten with cleats. And that's kind of been, I think, the big thing, kind of holding him back from really just trying to pursue his dreams of playing in the NFL. But he's a guy, like, I got about a 20-minute phone conversation with him. A nicest dude ever. You just you want to root for this guy. You do. Like, you want to find any way to see this guy have success. And like I said, I, I told him at the end of it, I'm like, I'm wishing the best for you, man. And I asked him, too, uh, have you ever been to Chicago? I uh, haven't been to Illinois. Technically, he's gonna be in Lake Forest, but he's like, nope, never been. Uh, I heard I have to try some kind of te- some kind of pizza there. <laughs> like, oh, you do it. You have to do have to type uh, try some deep dish. But yeah, it was just uh, you know an awesome conversation, and um, yeah, I was able to confirm that news. I just I jumped on it. That's what I basically wanted to do. Make sure because I think there's been so much mis misinformation going out there about the Nick Foles wanting to opt out. I know that was just bullcrap news, and uh, I've seen other things. So. I just wanted to make sure it was true. And, yeah, the Bears will be trying out quarterback Mason Fine on Wednesday. I mean, he had a really productive career over there um, as well. I mean, what, 63% or 62% of his complete, uh, passes completed, over 3,000 yards, 29 touchdowns last year alone. He had a game of seven touchdowns against UTEP, and he finished as North Texas's all-time leader in passing yards with about 12,500 as well as 90 three touchdowns so he's someone that was really productive where he was like you said that height uh, was what kind of led teams away but I'm excited about this opportunity for him and I know you sent me a little bit of a, a clip of your interview that you had with him did you want me to go play that for the listeners so technically we have Mason Fine on the podcast which is pretty cool yeah so I asked him uh, two questions that I just wanted to you know share with you and share with our listeners but yeah let's go ahead and play it and with this tryout, what is it that you want to accomplish? What do you want to prove to yourself or to all the people that have doubted you throughout your career? Look, I'm not trying to go in there and do what I can't do. Yeah, I'm not going to go out there and, and, and be someone I'm not. I'm going to walk into the walk into the building. I'm going to lace up. I'm going to warm up the exact same way. And I'm just going to throw the ball how I throw the ball. And it's really not about proving everyone wrong that I always talk about when I'm on the football field. It's all about those people that have supported, that have believed in me this whole way. It's about proving them right. So I'm just going out there, play my game, and enjoy it, and be happy, and soak in the experience, and, and go out there and not try to think too much. Go out there and play football, the game I love, and and, and see what happens. A couple more questions for you. What do you what do you know about the Bears, Do you uh, about Matt Nagy, and like the quarterback competition that they're currently having there right now? Yeah, I, I, I know uh, he's a great offensive mind. Uh, I feel like I fit his offensive uh, a scheme. But other than that, I mean, look, I don't know the whole playbook. I, I haven't looked at their playbook. All I know is what I watch on TV. And it's hard for anyone to understand, especially from a quarterback. If you don't know the progressions or the reads or what they're trying to accomplish, you really don't know kind of what's going on behind the scenes. So, But I know he's a great, uh, great offensive mind coach. I know, you know, they got three people on their roster right now. And I know my uh, – my head, my head coach at North Texas, Coach Trail, coached both Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. And so if I need some insight, I'll go to Coach Trail from North Texas and, and see what I can get. And, uh, you know, we're just going to go try to, you know, make this thing work and go try to accomplish this dream and, and really just perform to the best of my ability. And that's all I'm really trying to do. And, 
and hopefully just make a franchise uh, a franchise happy with their decision and, and know that, hey, you're not going to have to worry about me uh, off the field, and I'm going to do everything I can to uh, get the best value for myself and this team. Nick, that was really good stuff. I really like the fact that his mindset is a little bit different when it comes to the doubters, right? Because he's like, I know, like a lot of people just go straight to them. Like, I want to prove them wrong. That's what fuels me. But he's the inverse. He wants to prove his supporters right, which I think can be equally as motivating. And I like that mindset. It's a little bit more positive, um, but I think it can just still ignite a fire uh, that's equal to, if not even greater than, just wanting to prove people that doubt you wrong. Because honestly, you should be focusing more on the people that are in your corner and those that are outside of your corner as well. But the other nugget that I took away from that is that fact, and he tweeted this one yesterday, that his coach, Coach Terrell, coached both Trubisky and Nick Foles. So there is some familiarity there. Uh, and it's just interesting that one guy and at a collegiate level at three different universities can have his hands on all, well, not all three quarterbacks, but three different quarterbacks that are going to be in the building. Uh, obviously, Fine's not signed to anything right now. Tyler Bray is, but it is interesting to have that kind of connection as well. Yeah, and when he said that, I'm like, wow, this is a small world. I told him that. He's like, yeah, isn't that crazy? So, um, But, yeah, I think his mindset is what, even when I, I got off the phone with him, I just felt like more motivated after listening to him. He just does have that positivity in whatever he's doing and when he didn't get that when he didn't when he saw that his name wasn't you know drafted when he wasn't drafted and COVID-19 happened and there weren't any calls I asked him were you expecting a phone call with everything going on were you expecting one and he's like you know as a competitor in me I was of course he is he, he thinks he's definitely good enough to play um you know in the league and has uh, you know what it takes but then the other side of him was like well it is kind of you know with everything going on it's kind of scary but he always tried to keep that positive mindset so and I, I've been watching like a bunch of videos on him obviously just seeing how he plays some kind of feature stories on him if you go just type in Mason Fine there's about this 21 minute video that if you guys watch it like at the end of it like I started tearing up I'm not gonna lie a little bit it's because of his parents man they got me it's I think parents get me sometimes but uh, you watch him, it's just, like I said, somebody that you want to root for, that you want to see have success, and I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, really good stuff there. Excited to have that little segment here on the podcast as well, getting his voice out in front of Bears fans really before his tryout. Uh, so hopefully you know, the COVID test works out. He gets to go in the building. He gets to do what he can do, which, like he said, is just go out there, be himself, don't think too much, and just you know throw the rock around, sling it. And see what happens. And on top of that, the Bears are also bringing in another quarterback, uh, Kyler Slaughter, for a tryout. I don't know too much about him, uh, despite the fact that he's been on a couple of different practice squads. He was signed to Detroit's 53-man last year uh, after Stafford had his injury to be like another quarterback on their roster. Uh, but all I'm going to mention on him, though, as well as Fine, is at least I'm excited about the fact that the Bears are... Maybe they're using this bigger, bigger practice squad to maybe finally have a, quote, developmental prospect at quarterback. Like, Tyler Bray is not a developmental quarterback. Like, you don't see – there's no potential in him that would say he can be a future starter in this league. He's almost like a poor man's uh, Chase Daniel. And so we had two of those. And now you're having perhaps one, if one of these quarterbacks work out in their tryout, guy that you just – 
you, you put them on a fly. You throw them in the system. You coach them up. You see what maybe is lying underneath the surface, and you can maybe find maybe not a diamond in a rough. But diamond may be a little bit of a stretch, but you never know. I mean, guys come out of the nowhere all the time, and I can't remember the last time the Bears had a quarterback like that, that you can just – he's waiting back there. Again, you maybe you never want to use him, but at least he's someone that has that potential. Maybe it's – is it Barkley, like, years ago? But even then, like, eh, like, really? Like, but he's exciting. Big arm. He has a cannon. He's, like is said, very productive in college as well, uh, this being fine. But the fact that we're bringing in some young guys that are more uh, athletic types as well, to me, is exciting to have a developmental guy perhaps on this practice squad. Are you kind of getting that same feeling? Yeah, I mean, I wanted the Bears to draft a young quarterback just to develop, and obviously that didn't happen, but it's it's nice to see that they're at least bringing in guys. And I think, look, we know, like you said, Tyler Bray, he's not a developmental guy. He's Tyler Bray, and that's, you know, he lives on the practice squad for the Bears. That's what he does. But now that you have Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, two guys that could potentially start, why not bring in somebody just to learn? He's not like Mason Fine, Kyler Slaughter. They're not coming in to compete for a start. That's not not even remotely close. But to have someone just to work through to kind of get these NFL reps to work on a you know NFL team, that's so beneficial to these guys. And maybe down the road you could see like obviously these guys are even trying out in the first place because maybe there's you know not consistency or Mason Fine the physical attributes so. Things of that nature, but I like that the Bears are at least doing this. Why not when the tryout um, ban was like lifted on Tuesday night, I believe it was, Mason Fine said the Bears called their agent, or the Bears called Mason Fine's agent Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. So it was lifted Tuesday night, and at 6 a.m. the next morning, the Bears were like, we want to bring him in. So there was some, I think, just want from the Bears with him. They did talk to him also at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Didn't have any Zoom meetings, but they did talk to him back then. Obviously, they kept him in mind, and as soon as that ban was lifted and allowed for players to come in and get these workouts, the Bears were the first ones to call and say, hey, we want to see what you can do, and that's why Mason Fine has a workout on Wednesday. Do you remember when the ban was put into place? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember when it was put in place, but I think from Tom Pelissero from NFL Network's tweet, it was sometime Tuesday, but Tuesday night was when it was taken off and teams were allowed to, again, reach out to players again. I was trying to figure out why, because they didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't pick one up immediately afterwards as an undrafted free agent. So I was trying to see, is that why? Like, did they just want to get him in the building before they committed to a contract? So that's what I was trying to gauge there. But either way, it's exciting that, they wanted to act so fast on this kid, and they knew obviously that someone was gonna call him, and they wanted to be the first ones to get in there as well. So, all right, we'll see how it all kind of plays out. Again, I'm not, we're not gonna get too high on a guy who is an undrafted guy. There's a, there's a long road ahead for him, and it is a pure developmental potential fit. Again, we don't even know if it will be a fit, but I know Nick, you said this is a kind of guy just from you talking to him, learning more about him, that he's really easy to root for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, talking with him, seeing him in feature stories, just seeing his story. Like when It was funny because he only got one Division One offer, and it came a week before signing day. And when the coach you know, saw him, he's like, oh, wait, did I make a mistake? Just be seeing the <laughs> stature that he was at. But he took the starting job, though. There was a graduate transfer there at quarterback. Then Mason Fine comes in. 
takes the quarterback job and runs with it and becomes the all-time leader in passing yards and touchdowns. And he says he's always been doubted his entire life, again, due to that height and things of that nature. But, look, he's he's faced adversity, and he wants to prove the people that have believed in him right, which I think is a great mindset overall, and I told him that. So, yeah, rooting for him, but we'll see what happens. It is, like you said, it's a it's a tough tough hill to, to climb, right, because it's it's no easy job making or becoming – you know, an NFL quarterback, and look, the Bears have a bad quarterback situation, but it's still a tough, tough hill to climb. Do you have a soft spot for him just because you know how it is to be looked down upon, literally and figuratively? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I think I could kind of relate with him a little bit, even like, I don't know, it's kind of weird, like, look at him, like, wait, if I shave off my facial hair and stuff, like, uh, there's a kind of a similarity there as well, so I'm like, Okay, and then obviously talking with him, his coach, and getting to know him a little bit. There is a soft spot, so I am, like I said, I'm rooting for the guy, but like I said, we'll see what happens. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, so a couple other roster moves happened this week. Uh, one of them was the Bears waving kicker, uh, Ramez Ahmed, on Tuesday. Uh, to me, this isn't a surprise. They had to cut down this roster. They they need to find spots for other players. They did sign uh, safety marquee Christian as well. So it's just like a you know a little trade off there. You let the kicker go. You brought in a skill guy. To me, it just makes sense if you're not at this point certain that Ahmed was going to even uproot Panero for the kicking job. I don't see why with a smaller camp roster than any other year prior, why you would keep two kickers on your roster. So not surprised there, uh, Nick. Anything you wanted to mention about Ahmed leaving and Panero being the only kicker on the team? I didn't expect anything different um, in terms of the outcome anyway. It's just it was a little sooner than I thought it would be before they decided that you couldn't have a 90-man. Yeah, I think uh, what I believe Chris Tabor was talking, you know, like this is a competition, and that was the that's what the Bears sold or tried to sell people on, right? It's a kicking competition. But obviously they saw what Eddie Pinheiro can do, gain the weight, having the stronger leg most likely, and just probably consistently kicking better. Um, that they, they felt confident in their um, you know position that they took just waving Ramiz Ahmed and it's I think it's kind of nice not having you know kicking um, questions look Eddie Pinero's a kicker he's the only kicker on the roster so you're you're rolling with Eddie Pinero whether you like it or not as opposed to last year where what there was like nine kickers at one point and the uh, Augusta side like all these things around the kicking situation I think the Bears have found who they want, and I think that position is, you know, solidified. But obviously we'll see come the season how Eddie Pinheiro does. But, yeah, they felt confident in Pinheiro, and I think that's that should speak volumes as to where they have him on this, on this roster, really. All right, and then for Marquis Christian, of course, he's a safety. Uh, he was with the Rams for the last couple of years. He's 25 years old, uh, 55 games of experience already under his belt, mostly special teams experience, which – not a bad thing considering the Bears were looking at Jordan Lucas at safety for someone at, to come into the building with a lot of special teams experience. Christian, he played on about 80% of the special team snaps for the Rams a year ago, 75% the year prior. So he's led the team over the last two years, uh, that being the Los Angeles Rams, in terms of special team snaps. So I think he's, of course, someone who can contribute on the third phase, it will take a while. He is suspended for the first two weeks of the NFL season. He's not a roster lock, per se, but a week ago, when we heard about Lucas opting out, we're like, all right, DeAndre Houston Carson, 
you're good to go. You're in the clear. And now I'm like, well, maybe not. Yeah. So it's another week to talk about uh, the backup safeties and just how it could impact the third phase. So I think we're right back where we were with Jordan Lucas, but now it's Marquis Christian, despite the fact he has a two-game suspension. Uh, DHC, uh, your work's cut out for you yet again, man. Anything you want to add here, Nick? Yeah, so I think what we should do, Jordan Lucas was my guy, but he opted out. So Marquis Christian automatically gets my, gets to be my guy, and he's going to, you know, I think make the 53-man roster because he has played on the defensive – he's played on defense, actually, 35 35- – 33%, 33% just last season. So they'll put him in those sub packages, those nickel, those dimes. So he's not, um, I guess, unfamiliar with that aspect of the game, but he's just a huge special teams contributor. So, yeah, I think DeAndre Houston Carson's the guy looking over his shoulder like, oh, crap, I was in the clear when, you know, Lucas opted out, but now you got Christian here. So I think this could be – well, we'll see how Camp plays out, but I think he's coming for his job, and that's where he's looking to make this 53-man roster. Well, a couple questions on that. Number one, hopefully DeAndre Houston Carson didn't make our mistake. You should know that every team's always going to be looking for someone better than you to replace you with. Uh, secondly, you have Christian making your 53 now. I don't know how it would work with practice squad rules, but since he is – technically suspended for the first two weeks will that impact because technically then you would have a 52 man roster right you can't replace that person on your game day if he's suspended can you i don't know it's it's interesting we don't usually have to deal with suspensions too much in chicago which is good you know great we don't need to be super familiar but i'm just trying to see like find the opportunity cost here so if you do think he's worth a spot is he worth a spot and also being down a guy or could he be deactivated technically and still suspended? I don't know. I'm just curious to your thoughts on how that could shake out. Yeah, I think it does. I, I want to say that when a guy gets suspended, you can activate a guy and place him. Because it, wasn't there a game where, who was it, Dan Trevathan had, oh, it was against the Packers, right, where he hit Devontae Adams in the helmet, was deactivated, I'm pretty sure, well, suspended. But I'm pretty sure you just activate a guy and place him. I mean, it would be weird to be Short down a guy? man, but – yeah, yeah, but then again, is that the penalty? Like, obviously we're talking about this and we really don't know, but I would think you get to bring up a guy in place of him, and then when the suspension is done, obviously that guy that you brought on goes back to wherever he was at, and then that suspended player now becomes an active member on the roster. So does DeAndre Houston Carson now with the new practice squad rules where you can't have an amp- any experience ever just get slid to the practice squad? You play him for those two weeks, and then – you let the best man go. You can change him out week in, week out. I mean, you can do whatever you want now with all these rules. You can move people around, uh, up, down, left, right, offense, defense, apparently with Eddie Jackson. So it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited to see how it all play out. Again, it is smaller potatoes than maybe some of the bigger items that you know, like the quarterback competition, but I still think it has its own merit and its own weight and worth the discussion we gave it. Is there anything else? about Christian or DHC or this position. It's just funny because we went from, all right, Jordan Lucas is here, he gone, one week later, right? Oh, we're right back where we started again. It's We're right back with a veteran guy with a lot of special teams experience that can come in. And what I like about Christian, Nick, he can be a longer-term answer because he is younger. Lucas was a little bit older, so Christian could be someone that, that's not more like a one-and-done or a two-year guy. He could be... Um, a core special teams player for a while with his young age of only still 25. Yeah, and I think that's just the life, though, of being a 
you know, a third string, fourth string kind of safety. You have to always look over your shoulder, see who is coming in to potentially take my job. But yeah, I think Christian just offers more at this point with age, with what he's already done than a DHC does. But it'll, Look, the Bears obviously like him. They always bring him back. He always somehow makes his team and, you know, proves me wrong whenever I don't have him making the roster. So, yeah, the Bears obviously, you know, have maybe a special place for him. But we'll see now with Christian being in the building. Yeah. All right, Nick, uh, I think the last thing on our list is Eddie Jackson. Good morning, football. Just mentioning what he had to say. I'll be 100% transparent. I have not seen this segment this week. A little bit too busy, so I did leave it in my spot to just kind of let you catch me up. And if you catch me up, I think if someone else missed this segment, they'd be caught up as well. Yeah, so, I mean, he talked about a lot of different things, of course. And I some of the bigger takeaways, I thought um, one of the, I think it was, what was it? I forget who asked him about, like, on if you go on Eddie Jackson's Twitter profile, you'll see his header image. It just says revenge. He was asked about that, and here's a quote that Eddie Jackson gave. It's a condensed version of it, but Jackson said, it's revenge season for everything, for me personally as a player, for this team, for this organization, and then for me personally, I love playing as the underdog. And look, Eddie Jackson was – Seen to some people as not being a top 10 safety in this league somehow. He wasn't on the NFL top 100. Uh, people think that his 2018 season is long gone, but he, he does have that, that header image that just says revenge. And I think, look, the Bears, obviously we know the 2019 season that they had, but it's not just for Eddie Jackson that wants to get back at the league. It's just it's for the team, for that organization. And then he also talked about playing on offense again, was asked about it, and he said, yeah, it's coming. It's going to be something that Matt Nagy's looked at. So, I, you know, I truly do believe that we will see Eddie Jackson at some point, at some time in this season on the offensive side of the ball. Don't know how big of a contribution that's going to have, but I do believe we'll see it. But I just like the mindset that Eddie Jackson has. If he feels like a guy that's an underdog, who was the who is the highest paid safety in the league who in 2018 was no doubt the best safety in the league and still in 2019 did a lot of great things on a defense that just didn't live up to the 2018 season I like that from A. Jackson because A. Jackson's a baller so that yep. those are just some of the takeaways from good morning football when he had a segment it's about eight minutes and he talks again about some other things as well but revenge and playing on offense are the big takeaways for me all right, I like both of those uh, good takeaways, and it kind of is nice to talk about Eddie Jackson on offense now at the close of the show compared to the tops. So now it's like it all comes full circle. But, Nick, uh, before we go, uh, I wanted to ask you, last night on Twitter I saw Keem Hicks tweeting like a photo of him at practice. Did you see that? I didn't, know. It was just him, yeah, in a, but- just him in a stance, nothing fancy, but what I noticed, his arms looked, really toned like you know Akeem like he's a big guy and his arms I'm not gonna say they were flabby but they were like they didn't have like pure tone to them but they seem lean strong and for someone that was coming off that elbow injury that's really encouraging and I know last week we talked about he was someone that was pointed out of coming into camp in really good shape I see that and it's like oh wow that's what they're talking about like he looked a little bit leaner in his uh, you know his arms and just stronger so that's that was good to see uh, at least a little glimpse of what's to come because a stronger Akeem Hicks who's already great at using his arms to get some of that leverage up there in the trenches to bat offensive alignment away if he's even just a little bit stronger this year just watch out like that's gonna be a lot of fun to see 
No, you didn't have anything to say on top of that, huh? I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was just collecting my thoughts here. Sorry, Will. Like, Eddie Jackson's talking about revenge. Akeem Hicks is looking like he's just ripped. And then you also have, I don't know if you saw this, Will, but Cleo Mack has been liking a lot of tweets that have been basically people doubting him. Mm-hmm. So you have these top three guys in the defense all, I don't know if it's like it's like a chip on their shoulder or they feel like they have something to prove, but if those guys are doing it, like, good luck. Offense is good luck because those guys are coming after you every single game. But, yeah, I was just I was collecting my thoughts there while thinking, like, wait, who else was it that was also, like, doing, like, similar kind of things? And it was Cleo Mack. Like, someone screenshotted a photo of just some of the, the, the things that he liked on Twitter. It was like, oh, Cleo Mack's not a, you know, a great player. Cleo Mack's dropping off in production. Like, like. Right. Like, oh, Oh, goodness. So good luck again to all the offenses that have to face this Bears defense this upcoming season because you're going to need it. Yeah, they, they really are. But I do like this, the collective mindset of the defense. I know Trevathan, he's elevating that bar. I mean, they're all coming in with an attitude, unfinished business. Offensively, we're not hearing any of that, which is an interesting dynamic. Offense is more of we got to take care of our business, which – makes so much sense like they didn't do anything last year that's worth carrying over to 2020 so I guess they understand that they need to pick it up so it would be a little foolish if they were being that robust with their attitude as well so it is like a cool yin and yang you have this defense with this big attitude we're coming to get you and then it's offense that right now is a little bit more even keel we still got to find our identity we still got to get and take care of our own business and I think those combined will be a fun dynamic to watch evolve throughout this season all right, Nick, before we wrap things up, I know we have one more uh, action item that you wanted to get to this week. Uh, you've been, of course, being at home a little bit more. You're getting in a little bit more of audiobooks, and you've been taking a lot of joy into those. So you want to tell our listeners about some audiobooks and uh, using, uh, you know, technically Amazon's Audible, uh, which is not affiliated with the Chicago Audible, but just uh, wanted to point that out before we got going. Yeah, so everyone, of course, during this pandemic has had a little downtime like you were just saying, Will. So I decided to look into some new audiobooks to listen to on my way to the gym, the grocery store, even before I, I pick up my girlfriend. And I came across an Audible original, How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps. Unique title, right? But just reading the synopsis piqued my interest. There were temples, bosses, magical weapons, and of course a hero embarking on a dangerous journey. And reading all that, it just reminded me a lot of The Legend of Zelda. I ended up downloading How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps, and I absolutely loved it. Just getting to listen to each character, how they're able to develop throughout their quest, and listening to the story unfold were aspects that I really enjoyed. And Audible just allowed me to pick up a title that... I normally wouldn't have, and being able to listen to the audiobook on my various commutes was something that I found very beneficial. So, and of course, Audible has plenty more than just audiobooks. They have podcasts, guided wellness programs, A list comedies, and exclusive Audible originals like How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps. So, and you won't find that anywhere else, and you could try it for yourself. They're with a 30 day free trial that includes a free audiobook. And if you're already a Prime member, which I know a lot of people are, you get a bonus audiobook as well. And you could do that by heading to chicagoaudible.com slash Amazon. Like I said, I love Audible, and it just allows me to, again, pick up those titles that I just normally wouldn't. And 
look, we're a home a lot more now, but just being able to listen to whatever story that is that you want to listen to or podcast or wellness program, it's really beneficial and it works with my schedule for sure. Right. And just like with the Dick Sporting Goods earlier, just another way that if you're looking to perhaps, if you're thinking about doing this anyway, again, it's a 30 day free trial and a little bit of a kickback does come to us as well. So it's just another way to support our show as well as giving you uh, perhaps something you're already going to get anyway. But check it out if you're just on the fence. Use that 30 day free trial. Uh, I know that my wife uses it as well and she loves it. I'm just in meetings too much all day to have sit down and actually do a book, Nick, but uh, maybe I should try it um, as well. I know I've been doing a lot of Kindle with some football books as I'm brushing up on my concepts and my understanding of them, um, but audiobooks may be another interesting route for me um, as well. So, Nick, before we go, uh, just curious your thoughts about how do we need to evolve this show for the next few weeks? Do we just stick with this weekly recap? Um, I know we're starting to get to the point where I'm sure people will love a, an official 53-man roster prediction show. And then I was thinking of something along the lines of like, I don't know, 10 bold predictions before the 2020 season. Just having a fun, different type of show because I just have a hunch next week's going to be a lot like this week where we have some things to talk about, but not a lot. And I know people are hungry for more content. So your thoughts on that well, on the fly, on the spot, since I waited till we're live to talk about it? Yeah, no, I'm down to do all that. I'm Look, these weekly recaps are, are nice, but it would be... Uh, I think beneficial for our listeners, our viewers, subscribers, followers, that if we, you know, did have some shows like that, like I do want to get a 53-man, an official 53-man roster show just to see who we actually have making it. I know we have some differing opinions on some positions, so that'll be an interesting one as well. 10 bold predictions is always fun. We can kind of go a little bit out there and see if any of them actually do come true. I don't know if we've ever... There's a, I, I'm sure there's been a couple of bold predictions that we've had come true, but yeah, it would be nice to do that as well. So any way we can create more content, Will, I'm all for it. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we'll figure it all out. And I know that people are wondering, you know, as we get closer to the season and our post-game shows, I know Nick and I, we're working on changing that up a little bit as well. Like we love our show and we love the product that we put out, but just like Alan Robinson, you got to find a way to be better. You got to find a way to improve it uh, each and every year. So uh, we're working on that as well. I'm excited to unveil that, I guess would be the word I'll use as we get towards week one. But I'm going to go ahead and call this an episode. So I want to thank everyone who's here watching live. If you're here on YouTube, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. YouTube, they changed their API. So it looks like all the different programs I use. I had to do a little bit more manually today, and I haven't been able to see one comment, unfortunately, uh, that came through, at least on my screen. Uh, so hopefully you're there. Hopefully you're listening and enjoy the content this week. I'm missing Cliff and Tristan and Shadow and everyone in there popping up on my screen. So hopefully by this time next week or the next time we have a show, uh, all these programs kind of catch up to some of YouTube's changes. Um, outside of that, thanks to everyone listening to the podcast worldwide. Don't forget, uh, check out chicagoaudible.com slash DSG. If you want to shop at Dick's Sporting Goods, chicagoaudible.com slash Amazon. If you're already going to, if you're thinking about starting an Audible free trial, and if you just want to give us a $5 donation to support the show uh, at the Chicago Audible on Venmo or chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal, and you can leave a doma- donation on PayPal as well. And if you support in any way, just let us know and you'll definitely get a shout out on our next podcast. But That's going to do it for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed our weekly recap of Chicago Bears training camp. Can't wait to get to more Bears football here soon, but one week at a time, Bears fans. We'll get there. Talk to you all soon, but until then, 
Bear Down Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.